Welcome back to season three of Energetically You, where we talk all about optimal wellness, abundant mindset, and confident decision making. I'm your host, Megan Swan, a wellness coach and consultant, and the founder of Megan Swan Wellness and the Sustainable Integrated Wellness Approach. I work with high-performance humans, leaders in modern companies, helping them thread more wellness into their lifestyle and or company culture so that it becomes a way of life and business and not another checkmark on their to-do list. I'm on a mission to empower more people through optimal wellness. Today on the podcast, I'm thrilled to present you with Zara Watson-Young. Zara specializes in transparent trademarking for the modern digital entrepreneur. Beginning her career working with a special education firm, Zara quickly realized that her passion was serving entrepreneurs in trademark registration. In 2017, she launched her virtual firm, Zara Watson Law. Four and a half years later, Zara and husband, Sean Young, joined forces to expand their reach and formed Watson & Young Law. Named a rising star in intellectual property by super lawyers and top women attorneys in the New York metro area, Zara has served hundreds of brands in securing their intellectual property, propelling them into long-lasting brand recognition. So excited to get to know Zara better. Let's dive in. Welcome, Zara. I'm so thrilled to have you here today and uh, curious to get get to know you a little bit better, uh, more honorable, and hear your story. So welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be here and just ready to dive in. Amazing. So take us back to the time in your life where you were making the decision to this massive pivot to go out on your own. And can you sort of paint the picture? Were you always thinking like that was always in your mind as an an end goal or it just came up to you one day? What happened? Great question. So it was always a dream of mine, a goal of mine to have my own business of some sort. But I was working for a law firm. Um, When I originally joined, I was very passionate about it. And then as I just basically really got involved into the work, I realized it really wasn't for me. The culture wasn't for me. And I said, you know what, what else can I do? So I started thinking about other areas of law. Um, And at the time I had a lifestyle blog and I said, wow, I can combine my interests for writing, travel, just all things creative with intellectual property. And I had a lot of other friends in the influencer space. So I said, I can also help them protect their intellectual property. So I literally just started researching, um, you know, speaking to other seasoned attorneys who are doing intellectual property law. And then I had just one pivotal moment um, at the law firm, a client was just being very rude. And I was like, you know what, this is it. (laughs) This is the day. It's either I, you know, leave now or I just stay. Um, so I remember calling my boyfriend, now husband at the time. I said, you know what? Like, I think this is it. Like, I think I'm going to have to resign. Um, and he was like, you know what? Go for it. I said, we don't have any kids. We don't have a mortgage. We're not married yet. So I was like, if you're going to take this risk, now's the time. So I made that big leap literally that day. So that's really how it, how it all started. <laughs> so how... I mean, at that moment, you didn't have like a plan B exactly. Like there wasn't a parachute exactly in place. It was just a desire, a deep desire. I love that. And why, 
So how did we get to trademark law? That was what you were doing even at the, the firm, correct? No, I was doing special education law. So like I mentioned just like a few minutes ago in terms of intellectual property, trademarks is an aspect of it. So there are three areas of intellectual property. There's copyrights, patents, and trademarks. They're, they all fall, fall under that umbrella. So in the beginning, I did copyrights and trademarks because I was able to help other influencers protecting, for example, you know, images, going over contracts, making sure that they're retaining the rights to their work and images, et cetera. Um, and then in terms of trademarks as well, right? If they want, if they created a brand, they want to own the name of the brand um, and all their branding elements. So I kind of was doing all of that in the beginning. So I did intellectual property in terms of copyrights and trademarks. I did entity formation. So if you're just starting a business and you want to form an LLC, for example, it helped with that. If you had contracts, so I was kind of doing a little bit of everything. And then as I went along, this is about, my gosh, five and a half, six years ago. So I started out doing everything. And then as I progressed, you know, I just narrowed it, narrowed and niched down. So now trademarks is really my primary focus. Okay. I love that, that it's so clear what you do. I think it makes it um, really easy to find you. And um, yeah, so talk, walk us through was it also always the plan that you and your husband were going to combine forces or was that an evolution of, of things? Yeah, I love that question. So we actually joked in college. You're like, you know, maybe one day we'll own our law firm. We'll, com- we'll combine our last names. My last, my maiden name is Watson. His is Young. So Watson and Young, we're like, that just sounds really really legit (laughs) really like a a real firm (laughs) yeah basically so we're like you know what imagine and then literally as the firm grew and evolved it just happened so our dream really just came came true so as I as I was growing the firm he was still working for he was doing real estate law Um, but he would always help me in the back end um, especially with with our litigation cases so he was always behind the scenes helping and then literally especially last year our business just really, really blew up. And I was like, okay, obviously, if I'm going to hire another attorney, it's going to be my husband. And this is our opportunity to really make our dream a reality. So here we are today, <laughs> Watson and Young. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, at what point did you, well, did you suffer from imposter syndrome at any point? At what point did you sort of feel like, okay, this is like, I feel like I have a real business now and kind of like in your groove. and what were some of the steps that helped you get to that level of confidence? That's a great question. So in the beginning, absolutely. I was pivoting from a completely different area of law. Um, I had to teach myself a lot of, you know, intellectual property. So I didn't, I didn't take uh, trademark courses in, in law school. And again, I had to teach myself everything. I had to uh, reach out to other um, female uh, trademark attorneys. Unfortunately, they were not very helpful due to time or whatever it was. So I just felt like I was very much so on my own. So that imposter syndrome definitely came up. Um, but as I went along and just t- took on more cases, the experience that I've got, the wins that we've received, for example, one of our biggest cases is against Elle Magazine. Um, you know, it's a multi-million dollar uh, media outlet. So we literally were able to go up against them and successfully win for our clients. So it's literally just a culmination of our, of our wins. And I actually have a list. I have a list of all of our client uh, trademark registrations, just so I can look back and just remind myself, because I think imposter syndrome, I think it's something that you, it'll creep up, right? No matter what level you get to, it's just like, you know what, let me just reflect and look at, you know, the incredible people that I was able to help. So just, I think for me, 
keeping that list and reviewing it all the time really does help. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. Um, so what, like, okay, so let's drill down a little bit on that story. Like where, how did you convince yourself or was it just, you know, a client came to you with this and you're like, I, this, I need to do this. I'm going to figure out how to do it and built yourself up. So this client came to me, um, we actually had reached out to her and she thought it was going to go away. It didn't go away. And she didn't tell us in the beginning. Um, and then they came back to her. Basically, you know, they were putting pressure on her to remove because her name, they were saying her name is very similar to L Magazine. Not magazine, but the L portion. So she was already a client. And I was like, you know what? Her business, she's been in the business for a very long time. The, the clients that she serves, what she does, her mission, very, very different. Like she offers a very different service from, from L, right? So I just, I don't know, in my gut, I just knew that it was a case that I had to take. We actually had reached out to other lawyers because it's a very big case um, for more support. They did not want to take it. But something just kept telling me, I was like, I told my husband, Sean, I was like, Sean, look, we have to take this case. I just know we're going to be successful in it. And I trusted my gut and just put everything that I could into our, in our legal brief, our negotiations, and we were successful. So I think in business, like listening to your gut, like it's, it just, your intuition develops, like the more experience you have, the, more, the longer you stay in the game, <laughs> the stronger it's going to become. So, yeah. I yeah, just, I totally feel that. So what do you think are sort of some of the bigger misconceptions people have around trademarking, whether they need to do it or not, like when they should do it? That's a great question. So I would say waiting until their brand has reached a certain level, um, you know, until they've made a certain amount or, you know, a monetary amount. That's not the case, right? It's literally your brand name. So you want to make sure that you own it as you're building. So I think Literally, once you have your business plan ready, you want to start talk to a trademark attorney in terms of protecting that brand name because you want to be able to, when you're entering into contracts, um, obviously licensing for many people, it's something that they think about like, you know, years from now, but that's still something you want to have, you know, back of your mind. Um, but again, it's owning your brand. If you see someone copying a course that you have, for example, or if you have a coaching program, your methodology, you want to make sure that you own that, that methodology name or your brand name. So the more you put yourself out there, the more at risk you become. So it's very important to own, own that name. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit to maybe what's potentially changed with everything being so digital and virtual? It makes it even, it makes you even more vulnerable, right? So most people are marketing on social media, some social, social platform, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is you're putting yourself more at risk. And the internet, I always say it's the wild, wild west, right? You have no control. It's very hard to control who's, you know, viewing your things, who has eyes on it. So you want to make sure that you have the leverage and the right to go after anyone. I can't tell you for how many cease and desist that we've done and how many that we have right now currently. People who are copying, you know, other business owners are copying other programs. For example, we have one situation right now, a course creator, someone took her course and they're uh, promoting it on a third-party platform, and she found out. So we have to send an email to her entire list of uh, course purchasers. So it's just, you just never know. So you don't want you know, to avoid that. And again, to have that leverage, that confidence when you're reaching out, you want to make sure you own it and that it's registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you speak a little bit, because I know that you're a mom as well, to sort of how you have found the nice or, you know, an ebb and flow that works for you in terms of being your own boss and, you know, managing 
I'm guessing as, as a lawyer, your, your hours are still, um, you know, it's not like you're not working. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I love how you maybe have more control of your schedule, but yes. <laughs> not entirely. That's, that's exactly it. And I think you said it perfectly, ebb and flow. And I, I think at the beginning, when I first became a mom, I was like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, all this balance, like I'll be able to do, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll just have the perfect schedule. <laughs> so I think yeah. just being open to that, you know, flexibility, not everything is going to be perfect, right? I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, some days are really tough. There's sometimes that she's sick and I have to like, you know, leave work early or cancel things, which kills me inside, but it's like, you know, this is, it is what it is, right? Like I have to figure out how to manage both. So like you said, in terms of just the ebb and flow, like really going with the flow and doing my best. I have support. Thank God I have a support staff. Um, I have a paralegal. She's incredible. So she's able to help um, my husband. So, you know, it's, I have to grow. I'm growing a team. So having a team, having that support, being okay with leaning into that support um, has been, has become very important. So, Yeah. So any sort of advice that you might have for someone who is considering doing what you've already done in terms of just it specifically in the legal space, venturing out. Go for it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be easy. I'll never sugarcoat that, but it's worth it. Um, the lives that you're able to touch, the impact that you're able to make on someone's brand is just, it's the best feeling in the world. Like I can't, <laughs> I will never, um, I'll be, I'm always so grateful for that. Um, but we obviously believing in yourself, um, yeah, just, just believe, literally, yeah, believing in yourself, like knowing that, you know, what you're doing is the right thing. Like, you know, just don't listen to any naysayers, like just keep going, literally just keep going. Not every day is going to be easy, but keep going. It'll be worth it. Yeah. So what is the favorite aspect of your job in terms, I'm guessing it's a little bit of what you just touched on, you know, essentially giving people peace of mind. Yeah. What else do you my favorite is definitely sharing that their trademark has been registered. It's just the best feeling, their reaction. Um, I've had people just like tell me, you know, send me videos like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I, I own my brand. Um, it's just, a, you know, it's a big deal for certain people. And just being able to be a part of that is so, so rewarding. So, yeah, <laughs> the registration aspect is, is the best. Amazing. What else do you want to share with us about your what you do um I know that for me it's been a lifesaver having this bundle of contracts so I know that I'm um you know it's like peace of mind I I think it was really the best way of describing it just knowing that everything's in order yeah oh that makes me so happy to hear yes we also offer contract templates we have over oh my gosh 55 uh contract templates and and some of them are, are bundled um, I started that shop literally a year after I started my firm. So in 2018, I launched that shop um, and they are all um, pre-drafted contracts. So these are, these are all contracts that I have drafted for clients in the past. And I've just like removed, obviously, confidential information. They're all customizable. Um, you know, you can just include your business information. And we also include video tutorials um, that, are, that are recorded by me that comes with each template. And the whole purpose is so that you as a business owner, you're protected holistically, right? Yes, trade. there's like so many different aspects of the law. There's trademarks, which we specialize in. There's copyrights, which we also assist clients with. And then we, there's contracts, right? Contracts are the foundation. So as a business owner, 
when you're entering into a relationship, whether that be with a client, another business owner, you know, et cetera, you have that foundation. You have what you need in that contract, whether that's an intellectual property provision, you know, a payment clause, um, a dispute resolution clause, you have what you need to protect yourself. So the whole point, again, is just to protect you as a business owner, a small business owner, realistically. Yeah. Can you maybe speak briefly to, you know, as a lawyer, if you are getting into business with someone and they don't have contracts or don't, you know, seem to have that on their radar, I mean, would you even consider or, you know, what, what impression does that give you? Um, It definitely makes me pause. Um, I'm pretty good at it now in terms of like, I don't judge. I'll always ask you, right. If you don't give it to me right away, I'll always ask like, Hey, like, you know, do you have a contract that I can review, you know, that we can sign to go over the details. And if they don't, you know, thankfully for me in my position, I can always offer. <laughs> I'm like, great. Then we'll use mine. <laughs> <laughs> but as a person, you know, as a non-lawyer, I would always be careful, right. If the person isn't, um, if they don't have one and they're not willing to draft one up with you, then I would be very, very anxious. Right. So yeah, it depends on how that conversation goes, basically. <laughs> if you're not willing to do what to, to, you know, draft one up and sign one, then I would not do business because you would be so surprised at the relationships that have been, you know, unfortunately ruined um, disputes that have occurred because people, you know, you know, they've trusted each other, which makes sense. But when you're entering into business, it's business, right? So have a contract, whether that is one page or a two page contract, have something in writing that outlines, you know, the expectations of both parties, your boundaries, um, you know, is there an end date? What happens if there's an issue, right? You don't always have to go straight to litigation. You can mediate things. There's alternative dispute resolution methods. So having something <laughs> in writing um, is always, always good and important. Yeah, I mean, I've always used contracts, but I, I felt more confident using yours. Um, and I think more confident in my business as well. Like, I think it just maybe at some point in the early days of my business, it felt like this awkward conversation with clients, but now it's, you know, I think it gives the client as much confidence in you as, you know, you feeling comfortable and the boundaries are clear. I agree a hundred percent. I do, especially, yes, if you are, you know, giving a client a contract, it just shows your professionalism too, right? Like you said, confidence in you. So you can't beat that. Amazing. So what can you share with us about what's coming down the pipeline for your, your company in uh, 2023? What are you looking forward to? So to be honest, we're going to keep things probably pretty simple in terms of just refining um, our client experience. That is the most important part. Like if you've ever interacted with us or, you know, I don't know, purchase anything from us, like our client experience is super important. So really just refining that on the back end. Um, and potentially a, a podcast with, with my husband and I. So, ooh, you. exciting! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, any reflections you have on that surprise you about working with your husband, or is exactly how? I guess you've kind of been doing it for a while on some level. Yes, <laughs> yes and no. That's a really good question. Um, I would say surprises. Um, I would say this may sound so, so silly, but like um, my attention to detail versus his, like he's he, obviously he has to have attention to the detail, but mine is like next level. So learning <laughs> how not to micromanage him because I've been doing it on my own for so long. 
Um, so yeah, I was like, wow, I have to really take a step back. <laughs> just like calm down. But other than that, um, no, he's been great. He's an amazing attorney. Um, so yeah, I would say that's the biggest surprise for me. <laughs> well, and I'm sure you compliment each other in other ways, no? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I think I think it's just such a great story that it, you've been together since since grad school as well. I don't know. It's like a yeah. little fairy tale. Oh, thank you. <laughs> We've actually known each other since we were four. Um, My goodness. We, yeah, we were family friends and hadn't seen each other in years and then reunited in college. And then literally like the second month of college, you started dating and the rest is history. <laughs> So you have to start a podcast. That's a- <laughs> yeah. Your story has to be the first episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you for that. We'll, we'll definitely make it a point. Uh, well, I really enjoy speaking with you today, and I would love for you to share. You know, what's the best way for people to reach out, connect with you, and you know, if you have any specific advice on. Um, trademarking you want to leave us with be amazing absolutely so the best way would be on instagram i am very active on on instagram my handle is watson young law um that's actually the handle all across all platforms so linkedin facebook everything um at watson young law um in terms of trademarks um what do i want to leave you guys with um hmm so many things (laughs) Well, leave us a couple. It doesn't have to just be I one. Say, I would say one. Um, I, one of the questions I get asked a lot is the TM symbol versus the R symbol. People mm. say, yeah, so I get a lot. My 10-year-old was asking yesterday. Oh. <laughs> I'm not, let's see if I answered him correctly. <laughs> so the T symbol, TM symbol stands for um, basically a pending application, right? So if you, you're, you're basically letting other people know that you are very serious about trademarking this brand name, for example. So you can stick that TM next to whatever it is, whether it's a, a logo, um, you're, you know, just a regular word mark or a slogan, you can put that TM. Versus the R symbol, you can only use that once it's officially registered. Mm, so I did not answer him correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we actually have a, a, a guide on our, on our website. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can download that. But that's a very brief uh, rundown of the difference, the TM versus the, the R symbol. So basically when the paperwork is submitted or when you start speaking to a lawyer or, you know, in the realm. Literally, as soon as you start marketing. So let's say you have a name that you're thinking about, but you have not heard of the trademark process and you want to start marketing it. You can start including that TM symbol now. But mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you, you know, basically follow through, right? Because you're letting people know. It's like, hey, I'm about to like trademark this, this name. So right now you can start. You don't have to have a pending application, but typically people do use it when you have a pending application. So it's like a little bit before and then once you have a pending. Once it's registered, you can switch that to the R. But you cannot use the R symbol until it is officially registered. Um, it's actually a federal offense if you do. <laughs> so and so then the C for copyright is just specific to intellectual property versus the name. C is just for, it's only for copyright law. And that is for your content. So you will see that on the website if you scroll all the way to the footer. You see the C symbol. That means that you own the content within this website. However, it's not registered. So in order for you, unless it is, right? But most people will use that C symbol even though it's not registered. 
So it's still very important to register it. And the reason is because if let's say you, someone, you have a course, someone copies your course and you want to, you know, bring uh, an action against them. If a, the judge, you know, finds out that you have not registered it, you're going to be limited to how much money you can recover. So yes, you'll, you'll be protected even though you're using the C symbol, but you want to make sure that you actually register that with the U.S. Copyright Office. Gotcha. Anything else you want to share? I felt like you had one more. <laughs> um, the importance of a search. Mm. You probably heard me say this before. <laughs> you want to make sure that before you are promoting, marketing, launching anything, oh my gosh, especially launching I had a client who came to me and she um, was selling jewelry and she basically spent $40,000 in product packaging mm. and we had to change the entire name because it was already taken. Oh my goodness. So please <laughs> make sure before you launch anything that you can own the name, right? Because it's just not fun having to rebrand or throw product packaging away <laughs> if it's already taken. So yeah, those yeah. are fun conversations. So that's why I try to advocate and preach about it as much as possible. Like, please run a search, a comprehensive search prior to you know, doing any of that. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of detail, I mean, it's, we're not talking about searching on Google. What does a proper search look like? Absolutely. So Google is one aspect of it. So we call it a comprehensive search. So we actually use a software and it goes through various databases. There is the United States Patent and Trademark Office. We will go through their registry of federal registrations. From there, we will go through all 50 state trademark databases because you can actually have only trademark in your, your state. It's typically very local. So think of like a mom and pop shop. They only care about, you know, their, really their local community. They want to protect it there. However, you want national protection. But we'll still do a uh, state trademark search. And then from there, we'll do an internet and social media search. And believe it or not, for us, that is one of the most important aspects of the search because this is how ceasefire has happened. People will Google themselves and they'll say, hey, you know, I've been using this name for five, 10 years. Who's this other person? So people may not know about the trademark process. But again, the internet and just that social media search is really important because it really gives us an idea of, you know, fully what's out there. We don't want you having any surprises, any risks, or excuse me, any um, cease and desist. So we'll include that in our search. So from there, we'll drop up a report and summarize everything and then give it to you. We'll, we'll record a video along with a follow-up call and we'll go through everything together. So it is pretty comprehensive. It, takes, it typically takes us about a week to do. So the business needs to get that done. Um, and then you will see our report. It's like, you know, sometimes thousands of searches that we're going through. So very, very comprehensive. Yeah. Can you um, lastly speak to, you know, someone who's building you know, a company, a brand, and it's evolving, you know, essentially it's possible to layer your trademarks over time. Yep. So as you expand your product suite, you may offer different things. So let's say, I'm just going to keep using a course as as an example. So let's say you're selling a course and you want to expand into maybe merchandise. You want to sell, you know, t-shirts, you know, hoodies or other types of uh, clothing. That's going to be considered a different um, category in your trademark. So when you're trademarking something, you have to let the government know what categories are you going to be protecting your business under, right? So if you're a coach, maybe you'll do one-on-one uh, coaching. You'll apply for your, if you have a course, you'll include your course. Um, again, if you plan to sell merchandise, we'll try to include everything in that one application. So for us, 
when we speak to business owners, you need to know literally their vision. What are you currently offering and what do you plan to offer within the next six months, a year or two years from now? Just so that we can include as much as we can in that one application because the process takes anywhere between eight months to a year. So we try to cover all of our bases for you. So you're saving time, you're saving money. So we'd like to know everything. What is the vision? <laughs> Whether that's, like I said, six months, two years, or even five years from now, you need to know. Because in our search, we're going to be including different categories to see is anyone else, has anyone else registered for maybe a, a course um, and not for merchandise or have they, or the reverse, right? Have they registered for merchandise and not a course? So we have to see what variations are out there. And the reason is because two identical trademarks can coexist as long as they're in different industries. For example, mm. there is Dove, there's Dove chocolate, and there's Dove soap. They both have trademarks and they're both allowed to coexist, but they're offering two different things. Or Delta, there's Delta Airlines and Delta Faucets. Both, can trade, both are trademarks, but they're selling two different uh, products and services. Mm. So. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And also interesting that you know, I think for me, it's like, I've noticed those brands coexist, but it didn't occur to me. About that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so is there, do they expire trademarks? They do if you're not using them. So when you first file or when, it, when you first register, you have to renew at the fifth year mark. And then again, at the 10th year mark, the government basically wants to know, are you still using it? So, yeah. If you don't use it, if you don't renew it, it will expire. So you have basically 10 years and then from there, you're pretty much good. And is that something that a lawyer would have access to knowing that it's like somebody's got it registered, but it's dormant? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We also include that in our search. And the reason is because let's say you have a trademark and you did not renew it. Um, You forgot to renew, but you're still within that 60 day window. We can still revive your trademark. So I need to know that if someone else comes to me and says, hey, I want to register the same trademark that that Megan has, can I trademark it because hers has been abandoned or canceled because it's expired. Mm -hmm. So if you have that 60-day window, I need to know that. (laughs) So yes, answer your question. Uh, Bottom line, you need support with this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I look forward to working more with you in the future and I thank you so much for this little chat, getting to know you better. And, um, I'm so excited for you and your husband on all fronts and I look forward to love your, your latest photo shoot, by the way, it seemed like it was a lot of, thank you. Yeah. I can't wait to share that. Um, we were excited. Um, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that after, but basically we're really, really excited about it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We'll share uh, all the ways to connect with you in the show notes. And um, yeah, please reach out and contact Zara. Thanks again, Zara. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. And I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I would be really appreciative if you feel so called to to support the show by either subscribing to the show on your favorite podcast platform, leaving us a review, and passing this episode or another favorite episode on to a friend. I hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. 
sending you my love.